everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dating Will Be the Death of Me. I'm Amanda, and it's good to be back. I took a break last week just with kind of the craziness of the beginning of the year slash like just not really um, knowing exactly what I wanted to do an episode about. It's kind of um, lame because it's not lame, but I'm finding that now having a boyfriend, I'm I've run out of content for all of my bad dates, which I'm grateful for. I will be happy if I never go on another first date or another shitty date again in my life. But those are kind of the stories that started this whole podcast. So I wanted to make sure that I was making episodes that were still going to be interesting for you guys and not just making episodes to make them. So I put a poll out on Instagram asking you guys what you most wanted to hear about for this week's episode. And the majority of you, like 80% of you, said that you wanted to hear about the top dating trends of 2023. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I just kind of was scrolling through different articles about dating and kind of like posts about dating. And I thought this one was interesting. So I'm going to link it in the show notes if you're intrigued or interested, want to know more, want to read more about this article, I will definitely put the link in the notes and I'll put it on Instagram and Twitter as well. So you can definitely read it if you would like to. But this is an article I found from The Knot, which if you are married or have ever been to a wedding, you've probably heard of The Knot because that's where a lot of people choose to have their wedding websites and and all that good stuff. I didn't realize that they had, you know, uh, kind of a journalism part to their website. So this was kind of cool to find. And this is an article called the top dating trends of 2023, according to experts, which kind of made me laugh because I'm like, what makes you an expert in dating? And definitely there's people out there that could tell me like, oh, well, actually, this is how you become labeled an expert in dating. But I by no means am an expert on dating at all. Um, You can go listen to any episode that I've recorded about a date and you'll you'll learn very quickly that I am not an expert on dating. I'm actually an expert at failing failing at dating and dating fails. So uh, you know, I figured why not why not hear from the experts? So the title again is the top dating trends of 2023 according to experts. And then the subtitle or like the t- undertitle, I sound so dumb, but like the subtitle. No whatever, the title under the title that's a little bit smaller. It says, say hello to infladating, which made me so curious. I'm like, what the hell is infladating? Like I knew it had something to do with inflation, but I was wondering, you know, what exactly that was. So that's definitely addressed in this article. But basically, um, the author, Sarah Hanlon, posted this in December of 2022. So this is about, you know, less than less than two months old. And these experts, I guess, are predicting what dating trends are going to be in 2023. So if you are dating and you want more luck, I guess you should uh, take these take this advice from these experts because they're experts for a reason. So kind of the beginning just talks about how, um, you know, dating can feel overwhelming and there's horror stories from going on dates or like not even getting dates because it's hard to get a read from someone 
on the apps or no one ever, you know, proves worthy of meeting off the apps. So they definitely address the idea like it starts to feel like a full-time job when you are just constantly going on dates or constantly trying to find like someone that's worth your time to even go on the first date. And this is just kind of saying, hey, if you're more intentional about dating, maybe that'll help you not feel like it's such a burden or feel like it's it's a job rather than, you know, it should be something fun. Um, so yeah, they, the author says, you know, experts predict a newfound focus on personal and relationship wellness, which is huge. And I feel like that's not something that I really considered in dating when I was a little bit younger. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just interested in finding the right person and not really giving myself the time to be like, okay, am I going on too many dates where it's starting to take a toll on me? Or am I just going on dates to go on dates? Am I actually finding people that I genuinely want to go on a date with? Or am I just bored? So I think this idea of personal and relationship wellness is huge. And, you know, obviously always putting yourself first is huge and important. And, you know, it's something you have to remind yourself of. But they they say that that's a huge thing. And intentionality and mindfulness while you're dating is super important. So these are the top tips that the experts have given to find love and to enjoy dating in 2023. So I'm just going to say that I love this article because the first tip they address or first trend in dating is the thing that kind of grabbed my attention, the infla dating. So that's the first, I guess, trend would be infladating, which is kind of just addressing the fact that inflation has made everything so expensive that people are going to start going on cheaper dates. And this made me instantly think of there's this story going around about this woman who went on six dates in a week to save money on food. And I was like, girl, good for you, because the money that you're saving I don't know if it's worth the mental exhaustion of going on six first dates because it's just like the feeling of being on to go on six dates in a week to save money. I don't know if the trade-off is there. Like, good for you. I hope you ate well. But I don't know if I could do six dates with different guys in one week. That is not to say if I went back and looked at my calendar that I could not find a week that I did that. I very well may have done that. I just can't remember right now. But um, just this idea that like, yeah, everything's expensive and I'm not going to bring up eggs, even though like I'm like, I haven't bought eggs in so long. Like it's tough. I like sit at home. I do stop and shop pickup and it is like the best thing ever. If you don't do grocery pickup, it saves so much time and not going to the grocery store is the best thing ever. But I like try to cut corners and, you know, I'm like, oh, do I really need, uh, you know, chicken this week? Because everything's so fucking expensive and I try to stick to a budget, but like, it's just stressful. And I feel like being an adult is just so hard when you literally have to think about whether or not you need certain groceries. Like, it's just sad. So this is definitely a thing. I just think it's funny that they came up with this infladating. Like, I like that term. It's kind of funny. But uh, basically, the experts are saying that due to rising costs, they think that daters are going to go on, like, maybe less dinner dates because honestly, I mean, I went out to dinner on Saturday. We got an appetizer meals. I got a drink and it was like 70 bucks and things add up so quickly. Like we had leftovers and stuff, but I'm just like, it is expensive. 
I, for first dates, like, I don't, I don't like expect a hundred percent that the guy's going to pay. I would prefer them to pay because again, things are expensive, but you know, it, I'm happy to not pay on a first date, but like for a guy, $70 is, you know, if you do that once or twice or three times a week, like you end up spending a lot of money on people that you might not even end up, you know, having a relationship with or having even a second date with. Like I've definitely been on dates before and the guys paid and it just hasn't gone anywhere. And I don't feel like I definitely, I'm not using them for food, but I'm just like, I do feel a little bit guilty because I'm like, you know, we both spent our time. We, he spent his money. So you kind of have like a little bit of guilt, but then I'm also like, he didn't have to pay. I always offer. I was like, oh, do you want to split it? And, you know, hoping that they say no. But when they say no, like they're saying that's their choice. That's their decision. Um, I would love a whole conversation about this because I feel like, you know, it is kind of unfair to expect the guy to pay, but also like women don't get paid the same amount as men. So until that becomes a thing, then you guys can keep paying. Um, but no, I, I do think that this is a good idea because I also think like dinner dates are not always the best way to meet someone and to have like a first connection just because it can be a little bit awkward, especially if you're at a table, like sitting face to face, like it is kind of intimate to be staring at a person that you just met, trying to have conversation, trying to eat. Like I very much prefer sitting at a bar side by side and eating there or like sharing stuff, not having like a full on meal. So According to this, um, this article mentions a few different dating apps. So the data that they found is from Plenty of Fish, which I never used. I don't think. No, Plenty of Fish. I've never used that. But according to that app, uh, nearly half of single millennials and Gen Z have suggested going on less expensive, budget-friendly dates, which I'm like, hell yeah, because just because you don't have money doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to date. Like, you should be financially stable enough that you could take someone out or that, you know, you can split a bill. But if you're struggling, like there's, there's weeks where I'm like, oh my God, I'm fucking poor. I'm not poor, but it's just like, it, there's always something to pay for. And, you know, when you feel financially stable, at least for me, it's always like, you know, like, oh, I'm finally feeling good. Like finally have good savings. And then like my fucking breaks go, or like I get a flat tire, which happens way too often. So I'm very much a fan, not not being cheap, but like just being money conscious and knowing that you might not like this person, you might not um, have like a future with them. So why are you going to waste like 70, 80 bucks or even like 30 bucks if it's not a good date? You might as well do something cheap, but also fun. Like the things that these people um, now they're they're looking at Tinder statistics, a lot of profiles mention picnics, mini golfs, mini golf and drive-ins. Um, I, the picnic thing, I don't know if I would do a picnic for a first date. Mini golf. Yeah. I hate mini golf, but I think it is, a, it's, it's active. And I think it, I think I could get over my hatred of mini golf. Um, I just hate when you have to wait behind people. So mini golf, when it's not crowded, I'm down for Drive-ins, I would say definitely not for a first date, but I think a drive-in movie is super fun in the summer, like bringing some beach chairs, bring food, bring a few drinks and like just chill. I think that's super cool and much better than just kind of like your boring dinner date. 
Um, so yeah, kind of like this idea of doing cheaper options, but also like less traditional things um, and kind of getting to know each other beyond just your average dinner date. Uh, they also mention camping, which I'm not going to go camping with anyone unless I'm super comfortable with them. Barbecues, I think would be fun, like depending on how kind of your vibe is, like going to someone's friend's barbecue or something seems pretty low key. And, you know, it might be intimidating meeting their friends. But if it's just something where like everyone's bringing people, like I feel like that could be cool. Um, so, yeah, that's the first kind of trend that they mention. I think that's definitely a thing that people are going to start seeing or just the idea that like let's move away from just dinner and drinks because there's so many other things that you can do. And I mentioned in my ins and out episode that like active dating, I think is so like having fun while you're getting to know someone like going bowling or, you know, going ax throwing, I think is a super cool, different way to get to know someone. And it does take the pressure off it because you're not, like I said, you're not just staring at someone eating dinner. You're like doing something and, you know, you can take the pressure off yourself for a little bit and focus on whatever activity it is you're doing, like help each other get better at it. Or if one of you is really good at it, kind of teach the other person. So I'm a fan of that one. Um, the second trend is conscious swiping. I think that that's something that is dependent on who you are and like a personal kind of relationship with the dating apps. Like there's, and it depends on the day. Like there are days where I would just like, you know, just swipe no to everyone or swipe yes to everyone because I would just get so frustrated with either seeing like a bunch of weirdos or, you know, no one's matching with me. So I think it is something that, you know, everyone should be consciously swiping. Like don't, don't expect to find someone if you're not really putting effort into looking into their profile, which I think when you actually do look at someone's profile, you can kind of like guess their intentions because I've always felt like people who put actual effort into making their profiles are more serious about dating. Whereas the people who just like put bullshit or put like the same answer for everything are super annoying to me. And they're not the people that I end up meeting up with or even having a good conversation with. So I think definitely, you know, allowing yourself to actually look at people's profiles. I think that's a huge thing. And, you know, caring a little bit more about the people that you swipe yes on and like, you know, being more conscious about maybe why you swipe no on someone. But um, that's the second trend. Um, the third trend is avoiding situationships with, which I think everyone should do. Um, they say 2023 is the year to rid yourself of situationship stress once and for all. If it is not serving you, end it. If you don't know like what to expect from someone, it just causes you unnecessary stress. So I am a, a fan for sure of ending situationships unless you're cool with it. Like if you're cool with just having someone who is a friend and it works out how it works out and you don't have any you know expectations, no stress, like for sure. Obviously everyone's different. Um, but one of the the quotes here for the situationship, trend is more and more people are realizing they can have whatever relationship they want as long as they're communicating their needs, which is huge because situationships and other similar terms are likely going to pass because people now realize they want to get out of their relationships. No, they want to get the most out of their relationships. 
which again is true depending on who you are. Like you might be very okay with just having someone that you text or just having someone you hook up with. But if something is not serving you, like I think you should definitely get out of it and not feel stressed out by someone who definitely isn't feeling stressed out by you or the situation. Like if someone is not giving it the same amount of thought as you are, get out of it. Find someone that actually like cares about your time and cares about you. So 2023, leave situationships in the past for sure. All right, so we have two more dating trends that I'm going to talk about from the article. The next one is sober dates, and I think this is a really great idea. There's been a few times where, like, I've been getting to know someone and realize, like, oh, my gosh, every time we hang out, we're drinking. So is that, like, an emotional crutch that both of us are using? Uh, Is it something that we need because maybe we wouldn't be comfortable or even, like, connecting without the alcohol involved in the dating. So I like this idea of sober dates. I think it's something that even if you've been in a relationship or like you have a boyfriend or even have like a spouse, um, any partner, that it's important for you to kind of just take a step back and be like, okay, are we making connections just because we're drunk or are we like actually, you know, enjoying the time that we have together? Um, And, you know, there's a million conversations around the idea of drinking and and being sober and stuff. And, you know, if if this is something that's triggering for you, skip ahead for sure, um, because it can be a super sensitive subject. But I think um, that this idea is a good idea. I think, you know, you might calm your nerves with a drink or two when you're going on a first date. And I think that's that's really fine. That's something I do, um, as long as you have a healthy relationship with alcohol. But I think, you know, just with everything with the pandemic recently and like everyone's kind of increased intake of alcohol, I think having kind of more of a a conscious awareness of the role that alcohol plays in your dating life could be important because also knowing, and I feel like it's something that you have to tell yourself, like you don't always have to go and get a drink when you're going to meet someone. You can just go and have food or you can just go and like go bowling or whatever. And I think just being aware of that because I'm sure there's people out there who are like, oh my God, I went on a date last night and we drank. So I don't want to go on a date tonight because then I'm going to have to drink again. And, you know, obviously that's not the case. And kind of, I think it's something that you have to practice and like do to feel more comfortable with it. Because honestly, that probably sounds scary to a lot of people like, oh my God, I'm going to go meet someone and not have a drink and be sober and and not, you know, kind of have that crutch. So, the article says that, you know, obviously people have have had a lot of lifestyle changes and have rethought kind of a lot of the way they lived before the pandemic, the way that they started living during the pandemic and kind of since things have opened up again. Um, I guess on Tinder, Tinder had a 2022 year in swipe release, which I should do, do a little research on that and, and check that out. But um, I guess they surveyed a bunch of single people and 25, over 25% of surveyed young singles on Tinder said they drink less on dates compared with last year. So in 2022, they're drinking less than in 2021. Also, to add on to that, those same singles, um, 72% of Tinder members said they don't drink or only drink occasionally on their profile. And the beer, the beer and wine emojis each decreased on Tinder profiles year over year, 
which is so interesting that they like run data on that. That's kind of cool that they can run data on like what emojis people use. Um, so I'm going to look into that. That sounds like that'd be a cool episode to do kind of the year in review for Tinder. Um, so yeah, I think people, this goes along with, with having different, um, not going on dinner dates and stuff. Alcohol is like fucking expensive too. So if you're trying to save money, uh, definitely cutting out the drinks at dinner is huge. And it mentions, you know, when you're sober, when you're lucid, like you're going to remember more things and hopefully like make better connections with people. So it is something just to kind of consider. And, you know, everyone obviously, like I said, has their own relationship with alcohol, but you know, maybe that's something that if you always rely on, like, I'm going to get a cocktail when I go on this date, maybe try not doing it and see, I don't know, see if that date goes better. Um, but that sounds, sounds like something that, well, yeah, it's a trend. So it sounds like it's something that a lot of people are kind of considering when they are dating. Uh, the last one that I'm going to mention from the article, it says following research-backed dating tips which sounds super nerdy, but as I was reading it, I was like, you know what? That makes sense because it just kind of says that as people are talking about things like love bombing and gaslighting and different people's different attachment styles, um, having a name for those actions or those feelings helps you be more aware of them. And it sounds like obvious, like, oh my gosh, when you know about love bombing, you can identify love, love bombing. Or if you know what gaslighting is, you can identify it. But it is something that, like, I didn't know what either of those things were five years ago. So being aware of them, I can be like, oh my God, I'm totally getting love bombed because this person is, you know, telling me all these things and making all these promises, but I don't even know them that well. And I can look at that and be like, yeah, that's nice, but that's definitely love bombing. Or, you know, gaslighting. That's something that, like I said, even five years ago, I didn't know about. And I was in a super toxic relationship that I was definitely gaslit so often, but it's not something that everyone was talking about. And it wasn't like this big buzzword that was kind of like culturally prevalent and everyone knew about it. So knowing things like that, I think help you identify those things when they happen to you. So especially attachment style, like I still have to read that book attached, but knowing that I am an anxious attached person, I, you know, it doesn't change the fact that I am an anxious attached person, but I can identify when I am being affected by that. Like I literally, <laughs> so dumb. I literally, my boyfriend was over, over the weekend. Um, he stayed over on Friday and then we hung out all Saturday and at one point during the day, like we both took a nap, like we both fell asleep watching Harry Potter and I woke up and I remember like he had moved to the other couch and in my head, I'm like, oh my God, like he doesn't like me anymore because he wanted to move to a different couch and like creating this stupid scenario in my head of just like me being anxious about, you know, I've been in bad relationships where people have just kind of treated me like shit. So I'm just waiting for that to happen, even though it's not going to happen. And I had to literally talk myself through that. And then I talked it through with him where I'm like, yeah, when you were taking a nap, I thought you were like annoyed with me. And he's like, why? Like, that's so dumb. And I'm like, I know it's dumb, but it's something that me being anxiously attached, I look for things like any, 
any straying from the norm is for me like, oh my God, like they hate me or oh my God, you know, they're cheating on me or all this stupid stuff. Um, So being aware of that, I was very much, I mean, I still was anxious and like stressed out by it, but I was able to talk through it with him and, and that was super helpful. And like now he makes fun of me. I told him yesterday I took a nap and he's like, oh, wow, now you hate me. And I was like, huh, must be nice to be securely securely attached when now. But definitely knowing about that, I think is super helpful. And everyone I know that's read the book Attached has said it's like so good and it, it helps you understand yourself a lot. So yeah, it says, the article says, by watching a TikTok that explains what an anxious atta- attachment style is, for example, you'll subco- subconsciously learn how that behavior might affect your relationships, thus giving you tips on how to date in 2023 productively. And I think that is true. Like I said, it kind of sounds nerdy when you're like research-based dating, but when you know about those things, you're aware of them, you can identify them, and you can work around them or with them to make your dating like more productive. So I think, you know, I was kind of skeptical when I first opened this article because anything where it's like research-based dating or experts on dating, you kind of, I do, I kind of approach it with like a skeptical eye, like who can be really an expert on dating? And if you were, then why can't you help everyone just like fucking find the one for them? But I think all of these things are true and, you know, things that, I could see becoming more and more common in 2023, like the, not the cheap dates, the less expensive dating or less um, traditional ways of dating, going on different types of dates to kind of save money, but also give yourself a, a different way to get to know someone. I think definitely, you know, obviously conscious swiping is is important avoiding situationships if they're not serving you like don't be in a relationship if it is not adding to your life get the fuck out of it because you're going to find someone who will add to your life or people that will add to your life and you don't need to be in any situation that is not serving you um so i think that's huge sober dates definitely i think you know based on the data it seems like more and more people are trying to make alcohol less of a part of their dating life and then, yeah, just being aware of researched back dating tips. I think, you know, they're all important. And I think, you know, I'll, I'll share this because there are a few other a few other tips and trends that they mention. But I uh, I'll put it put the link in the dating. <laughs> what? I'll put the link in the show notes. So if you want to read it, you definitely can. But I just thought this would be a cool article to share. I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, and I'm definitely going to kind of look more into the other articles that are on The Knot. But I also have a few other articles saved or kind of like bookmarked. One of them is, uh, the title is Singles Are Shifting the Dating World in 2023 by Avoiding One Specific Type of Relationship. So that might be interesting to talk about. And then on Bumble.com, which I also did not know that Bumble had like a journalism, uh, you know, what do you call it, moment happening uh, beyond just their dating app. It says, what will dating look like in 2023? Here's what Bumble's data says. So I think I'm going to try to find like these Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, like year in review with dating because I think that'd be really cool. Like I love 
looking at like even the thing about beer and wine emojis decreasing um, in people's profiles, I think is super interesting and super cool. And like the fact that someone thought to look at that, I think is is very cool. So yeah, I might do a little, might give myself a little research moment this week. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, when I release this, it's going to be February 8th. So today is February 8th. If you're listening to it on the Wednesday that it is released, which means in less than a week, it is going to be Valentine's Day, which I know some of you guys celebrate, some of you guys don't. But if you are celebrating it, I hope you have so much fun. I hope you, you know, if you're getting together with your friends, enjoy that. If you're getting together with a partner, enjoy that. If you are just getting together with yourself and, you know, ordering some pizza and just chilling, enjoying it, um, have fun. And I am going to be recording with a my first guest of the season. So we are going to be having a nice little conversation about kind of our dating experiences and lots of good stuff. So look forward to that next week. I'm going to release that on Valentine's Day because, you know, I've been releasing on Wednesday, but you can't not release on Valentine's Day if you're a dating podcast. So look forward to that. And yeah, I hope you all have an awesome week. I hope you are staying safe. If you're dating, I hope you're enjoying it. Take those tips. The experts are saying those things are the trends. Those are the way to go. So don't ignore the experts. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.